Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll learn Daf Samach Gimel in Maseches Yevamos. We'll start three lines down, two dots in Samach Gimel. We promised Barry that if we finish Samach Gimel, we'll go back a little bit because we are in the 23rd day of the Omer and we have the Gemara on Samach Bez, Amun Bez, that uh, yesterday's Daf Yomi uh, master didn't get up to with Rabbi Akiva and his Talmidim. So maybe we'll be able to go back and enthrall the crowds that come in for davening. Uh, as they come in. But let's first start with what we uh, advertised last night with those three dots. There's acronyms here. Simon Isha Vakarka. What are we doing here, Garanowitz? We're going to talk about topic of marriage. Marriage. Is it, a, you know, what's going on with marriage? Amar Rabbi Elazar. Right, the, the acronym is Isha Vakarka. Ezer Zoshte Hebrechos Tagre Pachte. This way, when you try to memorize these life lessons, You'll have uh, mnemonics with which to do so, mental triggers. I'm Rabbi Lozer. Call Adam Sh- able to memorize with these mnemonics. It's Torah man. you got to see. I mean, now we have written down, and we even have art school, but we don't, uh, but, but you have to, you know, know it as well as you can. Commit it to, etch it into your uh, memory and your, and your uh, consciousness. I'm Rabbi Lozer. Call Adam she'en lo isha eno Adam. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's not whole. Without a woman, why should Amar Zachar in the cave of Baram be Christ from Adam? See, it's baked into creation. It 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 says in right Parshas Bereshis that a male and a female were created, and then only then were they called human. So that implies that you're only human if there's man and woman. Ve Amar Rabbi Lazar. This is going to be seven statements now uh, attributed to Rabbi Lazar. This is not to do with a woman. This has to do with business. If you have to be a landowner. It means you need money. Yeah. Because if you don't have money, you're nothing. Eino Adam. Not human. Without Aretz, you're not Bnei Adam. The seven statements of Rebbe Lazar. It's the seven habits of highly effective humans, right? I'm Rabbi Lazar, my Lahavdil. I'm, I'm trying to read that. Uh, trying to figure out which Rabbi Lazar this is. Is this Pirkei the Rabbi Lazar you're asking? Pirkei yeah. Um, well, this isn't it, but um, that's a good that's a good question. So so let's see the third statement. I'm Rabbi Lazar, my Dachsev Esel Ezer Kenegdo. This is an interesting thing. So now some Shevet Brachos Torah. You're going to be able to see. We're going to have some Shevet Brachos Torah here. We're going to be able to read like. All the stuff around that they don't tell you at the Shavu Rachas. That's oh, all going to be here. Tissues, tissues. All right. So he says. So he says. If you're Zoha, then it's going to be an Ezer. If you're not Zoha, if you don't merit, then it's going to be Kenegdo, right? Because after all, Ezer Kenegdo is a contradiction. Ezer means it's helping. Kenegdo means it's. Uh, fighting against you, so obviously it means so. So really, what you would say, pashupshad, means that it's a helpmate next to you. But we're tightening it up. We're we're explaining that it means that if you're zocha, it's going to be helpful. This uh, union, if not, it's going to work against you. Nagdo does not mean next to you or even opposing you. It means whipping you. But we read it. Connecto corresponding to him to teach you zocha connecto. If you're zocha, if you're fortunate enough to have a good wife, then that will help you. Lo zocha, lo zocha menagdeto. She whips him. 
Okay. What do you mean? Whips him? Yeah, if you're not Zoha, it's I'll like... You, okay. I'll tell you, Uh-oh. she nags him to death. She makes his life miserable. Yeah, that's what the Meiri says. So, yeah. I've seen this. I've uh, seen you want to hear a story about this? Okay, Ashkechei Rabbi Yossi Leliyahu. Rabbi Yossi wants to ask Leliyahu Navi Amalei. He saw him. He says, "Ksiv Eselo Ezer." But me Isha Zartolo Adam. That's a weird question, right? How does a woman help the man? What What is she helpful with? So Amalei so Eliyahu Navi answered Rabbi Yossi, "Adam may be chiting, chiting kosez. If you bring home wheat, do you? <laughs> it's almost like." Um, Eliyahu Navi is telling him, are you taking the woman for granted? Which is to say, again, old school, you're, you're bringing home the wheat from the fields. And then next thing you know, you're eating bread. What do you think? The wheat turns itself into bread? You think you, think you just snap your fingers and all of a sudden the Shabbos table is set? Do you think that happens by magic? That's what he's saying over here. Ada may be chitin, chitin kosais. Do you see that after, is he chewing wheat? No, he's eating bread. Who do you think does that? Pishton, he bring home flax. Pishton, Lovish, does anybody wear unprocessed flax? No, somebody's processing the raw materials and making it into begadim, all right? Furthermore, lo nimtas me'ira enavu ma'amido al-raglav, this is already fascinating. Doesn't, when you really contemplate it, do you not see that she illuminates her partner's eyes and puts them on his feet? Fascinating. And it's fascinating to me that... Um, Art school without quoting really, I think it's I think it's in the Meiri maybe, but art school doesn't really attribute it to anybody. It just says the wife illuminates her husband's eyes by enabling him to see things beyond his perspective and stands him on his feet by preventing from tri- tripping over things. Which is to say, it sounds like the art school. I don't know what source is citing, uh, citing, but generally she's helpful, uh, helpful more than helpful. She's bringing all of the conceptual abstract thoughts of her partner to fruition. The pragmatic uh, wife is bringing it all to fruition, making it all happen, and also offering perspectives. So that's, that's a great uh, contribution indeed, says the uh, Navi. Okay. How come we got this topic? That's uh, because the Gemara had talked about right, marriage in general and whether uh, it starts off with pruervu. And once it starts off with pruervu, it starts talking just about in general um, the concept of of the of the marriage because there was a question of what is marriage other than pruvu, right? Once you've let's say already uh, achieved, our, our our Mishnah was talking about the minimum, uh, the machlokas as to what is the minimum for pruvu. One shita would say two sons. After all, Moshe Rabbeinu had two sons, but the other shita would say, well, Moshe Rabbeinu had an excuse. He was always had to be ready for nevuah. Uh, the real, the real uh, minimum shear is one son and one daughter. And then the other question is, once you already have that many children, is there still a mitzvah to get married, and what would be the value therein? And here we are now with Rabbi Lazar's fourth comment. Remember Rabbi Lazar, what does it mean in Bracious when it says, Rashi's going to quote this in Chumash, that when uh, Aldo Marisha said, oh, finally, this is like me. This is like one of my own, bo- my own flesh and blood. I could tell. What, what do you mean now? Sounds like Adam Arishon cohabited with every beast on the earth. And his mind wasn't put at ease until he cohabited with Eve. Now, with Chava. So now, of course, 
the Maharal is going to explain this is obviously um, ridiculous uh, to think that it's um, actually literal, right? Because even if you thought that it was literal and that other Mauritian um, kind of uh, participated in bestiality, what do you think? He, he had bestiality with, with like a frog? With, 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 a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a beetle bug? It doesn't make any sense. Um, it, sa- it just means, you know, he got to the depth of a relationship, right? He was trying to do, remember Dr. Doolittle, like he was trying to interact with the animals. After all, you could see that. The first man, probably, that's more uh, sort of like uh, relatable to, to imagine that he was interacting with animals, after all. Like the snake got him in trouble and all this. But... So, and on some level, there was obviously, when you see the snake, uh, we don't understand it, but there was some level of communication with the animals, certainly, and Adam Arishon, but there was a depth of communication that he could never achieve until he was communicating with Chava, okay? And uh, the fifth, Gamar Rabbi Lazar, keep you busy on your toes, you know? Like Andrew's yeah. But his wife takes him to California. Yeah. Israel all over, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. It, Andrew, that's your in-laws in California, right? Yeah, Andrew's going to San Diego. You think he'd be going if he wasn't married? Fine. Exactly. How many people get to go to San Diego, you know? Right, she's keeping him on his toes. I'm Rebbe Lazar. Right? That Avram Avinu, the all Mishpachot will be blessed on account of him. That's not how we explain it here. I have two great gifts, well, to give you, two great brachos, I should say. But here, the Pasuk, the Gemara explains brachos, not as brachos, but brechos. What's a brechos? Like a graft. What am I going to graft onto you? Well, he's saying, according to this explanation in the Gemara, he's saying, I, you are going to have, right, the Jewish lineage that's going to come from you. But I'm also going to graft onto you two incredible women that are going to add to your lineage. Who are they? Rus Rashi says, Right, there's where the Melachim and the Vim are going to come. Nama is the mother of Rechavam. And from there came Chizkiah, Asa, Ve'yoshafat, Davat Sadikim Gemurim. Okay. And of course, from Rus came David Amalekh. So, great, great people came from them indeed. And therefore, that is the two that were grafted on. It is incredible. David Amalekh came from what? A Moabite. And there's more to say on that. After all, almost a Dafiomi coincidence, right? Shavuos coming up. Okay. Kalmish Adama. What does it mean, all the families of the earth? Even the families who dwell in the earth. What do you mean? Even those who dwell in the earth, they're blessed only because of Klal Yisrael, which is to say that even the uncivilized people, right? The, you, have, you have somebody, I have an uncle, Avi Haber, he's kind of a great uncle on the other side, but you know, after the Holocaust, everybody became family, even if they're triple removed. A uh, fascinating guy. He writes the Tanakh Bagrut. <laughs> the Bagrut in Israel. So he's the one that writes it for Tanakh. Anyway. He's, you ever hear of Stanley Kaplan? Uh, preparatory courses? Those yeah, used to be more popular. He's the Stanley Kaplan of Israel. His face is on bus. Anyway, why am I saying that? He's traveled all over the world. He's not 
impressed. You can't move the needle for him unless you have, he's like chased by an aborigine in a loincloth. So this would be like, right, the mishpachot ha'adama. Uh, even they, so how far removed is that person? He doesn't even know that there's a place called Israel, that aborigine. And yet, he's blessed because of Klai Israel. That's the fulcrum upon which everything uh, revolves. Kol goye ha'aretz. What does it mean, all the goye ha'aretz? All the nations of the earth. Aphilus finos abos migalia, right? Le aspamia. Aspamia is Spain. Galia, some say, well, um, uh, yeah, well, it, you would think that, but that's ancient France. You don't really need to take a sfina from Spain to France. So some say that that's part of Italy. Be that as it may, right? From Italy to France to Spain, you would take a boat. Right? Again, it's only uh, blessed because of Klal Yisrael. Statement number six, Rabbi Lazar, Asidim kabale um shiamdu al hakarka. In the future, which is to say, in the end of days when Mashiach comes, right? Everybody is going to settle the land as farmers. When you talk about most of Mashiach, you think about this idyllic existence where everybody's eating off the fruit of their own garden. Beautiful. Shanamar, everyone's eating organic, Andrew. Shanamar. The yardu me Where where is this pasuk? This is in Yechesko. It's explaining what's going on. It says. People are going to basically all give up their white-collar jobs, Andrew. All the jobs that Andrew placed the people in, they're going to give up all that, and they're going to sit, and they're going to be satisfied with the bare essentials. And Materialism won't matter. They'll just be eating off the fruit of the land. Just this is the Maharshat speaking, and all of the, right, and they'll be able to live this idyllic existence. Shinemar, it says, They're going to stop traveling. They're going to come down from their boats. All the sailors, and they're all going to do what? They're going to go back to land. In those days, right? So there was more, those people who did business, those merchants were often out at sea. Here, everyone's going to stay home for Shabbos and all week long with their families. An idyllic life. It's starting to happen now. Uh, We're going to have a lot of Gemaras for Andrew today. We're going to have some white collar business life hacks Andrew you're going to give you're going to be providing hopefully the necessary commentary as we go along so now the seventh and final statement from Rabbi Lazar are we in heaven now because we all got these little phones that can tell us how to, I, last yeah. night I had some cranberries I feel so much better <laughs> oh because the phone told you that it was good for you yeah. alright so I'm Rabbi Lazar yeah. what do you think of this Andrew this seems contradictory right it says there's no livelihood worse and cultivating the land. So what are we saying? Is this a bracha of Yimosa Mashiach? Or is this a curse? It says, And it says that they're going to descend, right? It says, uh, from, the, from the boats into the land. So that's, that's the lowest. So, so what's going on here? And then beyond that, this tells a story about the same, very same Rebelazar. Rebelazar once saw a piece of land. Cabbage was planted widthwise, which is not the smart way to, to plant it because it's inefficient. You have to, you have to get the, all the animals to plow it in an inefficient manner. It wasn't so good. So Amalei, but he said, you know what? Even if you did it properly and you planted these furrows lengthwise more efficiently, buying and selling, right, uh, options or stocks, and white collar is still a better way to earn money. In other words, white collar work 
is more is still going to be more money than the most efficient blue collar farming work. So we see right already like three levels of farming. There's like farming that's productive. There's farming that's the lowest, and then there's like tending to your own garden. So that's what um, that's what the Maharsha says. Maharsha says don't confuse farming with living the idyllic like Ghanaian life of having your own organic farm. That's a different thing. This is what they call rich man poor man, right? Like who. Who lives off the fruit of their own land? The farmer who's struggling. And also the guy that has so much money that he doesn't have to worry about anything. He has his own garden and he's self-sufficient that way. You know what I mean? So anyways, point is different, uh, dif- different manifestations of the same activity. Similar story. Rav al-Levene Shible. Okay, Andrew, business hacks. We're going we're gonna to have to bring you back for another Kosher Money podcast to, to, to relate all of these stories. Rav Levine Shible. Rav entered a field. He was passing between standing grain and Chaznu de Kanaifan. He sees him waving against the breeze. So he sees amber waves of grain waving beautifully in the fields. And he says to them, He says, You can wave all you want, you amber waves of grain, but buying and selling is still better, still making more money. This is like a classic uh, you know, Jewish attitude. Like Rav er, nursing homes. Instead, that's a better, better profit than, uh, than selling actual commodities, okay? Okay, similarly, Amarava, mea zuze iska. If you invest, let's say, 100 zuz in a business deal, kol yoma bisr v'chamra. Yeah, you can eat like a king, wine and meat every day. Mea zuze be'ara, but if you're investing 100 zuz in farming a land, milcha v'chapura. You're going to be eating, right, uh... Rashi, shachas shashichar muat v'ochal asavim v'chazen melach, salting and beans and sprouts, right? You're, you're not going to eat like a king. Meaning, there's two kinds of dudes, right? The blue collar, it's like, it's like hard land work, or you could, be, uh, you could be sitting behind a desk, trading, in business, eat like a king. Vlod. Some people spend the whole day just trading. Yeah, not only that, you're working like a dog. You're laying down on the earth, and then also there's legal disputes. So there's a there's a uh, machlokas here. What exactly it means by legal disputes? I wouldn't say machlokas. Different ways of understanding this, but the bottom line is like this: the the Rashi is going to say he's going to have to he's going to have more worries because wolves are going to come and you have to or 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 I don't know bandits. You have to protect your land. Right from all kinds of things. If you own a ranch, right, all kinds of out, outside influences. Whereas if your money is in the cyberverse, so then I mean, there's cybersecurity also. But once you got that in place, you know, you're not laying in the field. Or alternatively, like the Meiri says, this is a quote in the article here. Um, you'll be homeless. In other words, you're going to be so poor working the land that you're going to be on the ground. Be that as it may. He's uh, advocating, Rava's adv- always, we've seen already since Masechus Brach, is very pragmatic. He's advocating for white-collar Jewish uh, jobs. Amar of Papa. You mean where you can sit and learn the whole day? How many Jewish farmers do you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, where you can sit and learn half the day, and half the day you, you're, you're doing the white-collar work. Amar of Papa. Zeravalo Tizbin. What you should do, this is a different thing. This is plant your own grain. Do your own farming in your own land and don't purchase it from the market. Why? Even, though, even if it was to be at the same cost. In other words, you're not doing it to save money. Still, your own homegrown crops are going to be more abundant, more blessed in the sense that Rashi says it's going to preserve better. Okay. 
right, let's go for real just off-the-cuff life hacks as follows. Once we're talking on this topic, this is real Andrew Singer territory here. Zabin Velotezel. Ah, let's say you don't have a lot of resources. Well, you should sell your possessions for seed money. The Lotezel means don't become poor. Sell your possessions, and that's how you avoid being poor, because why? In other words, this is startup nation over here. You should start your startup and, and, and uh, basically sacrifice some of your money for seed money for your startup, because that's how you have to get started. You have to get that initial investment going. Says the Gemara, honey mealy be starkey. This is even this is talking about like rugs and carpets and household things. Avalglima lomisramale. Yeah, but don't sell your suit. You might need that for an interview or to you know or to impress somebody or at least to show you if you if you walk around and people don't right. You gotta you gotta kind of walk the walk so that people take you seriously as a businessman. You gotta look good. Lomisramale. I, I had oh my goodness now. I, off the top of my head, I forget his name. We had in dental school uh, a class, and the name of the class, it was an elective. It was called saying it like, let me tell you like it is. Something like that, you know, really practical. And the guy was saying, you got to look good. You got to smell good. Anyway, in other words, so you have to look the part. So don't, And you don't know if you're going to find another good suit. You don't know if there's going to be another sale. We used to say at Sims, all of a shalom, right? Uh, or at Indochino, or as Andrew uh, uh, you shop where at Lululemon's, Andrew? <laughs> right? So you don't know when the next sale is going to be. And therefore, keep your suit. You got to be a businessman. Sell your some possessions for the seed money. Walk around. Be optimistic. You know, all the things. Go listen to Andrew's Kosher Money Podcast. You'll get all of this from there. Oh, this part I love. Tom below Tashpitz. If there's a small hole in the wall, you should plug it immediately. This is talking about prevention is better than, this is true for your teeth also, if you have a small hole, you should fill it right away. Don't let it become a whole giant problem. Okay? Tom below Tashpitz means you have a little small hole, you can start preventing it by, uh, for example, every six months you go, you find the small holes in your wall. This is already not so relevant to today's construction, but even so, prevention makes sense, right? If this is like take your car in for the oil change every three months or whatever it is, Instead of having to change the carburetor every... I, I know nothing about cars, Andrew. But you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so this is similar to that, right? You should, you should plug up the... Right, go in and check the little, the little uh, cracks in the wall and, and fix that every six months. That's preventative maintenance. And this way you won't have to re-renovate the wall, uh, you know, in a year and a half. So that's what it means. Uh, the reason this took my attention is because it says, Tom below Tashpitz. I happen to have, Tashpitz means you do renovation. What? Shiputzim. So that's what it's going to say next. Shaputz below Tivni. This is classic Israel. There's two kinds of builders. There's a Boneh in Israel, if you get like a real contractor. And there's a Shiputznik, who's kind of like a handyman who does some contracting on the side. So, you know, if you want to save money, uh, you're, end up not gonna, you're not going to save money, but you can hire Shiputznik to do your renovation. It's going to look like a Shiputznik did it. But it says Shepetz Velotivni. In this case, he's saying that you should, right, if you pay for construction, they're going to see, uh, you can become poor. This is really resonating with me. First of all, Tom Velotashpitz, I happen to have a machutin, Tom Spitzer. Isn't that funny? Um, in Denver. And this other part, which I'm going to read now, Shekol ha'oisik bevinyan mismaskein. 
Anyone who does construction in the house becomes poor. Wow. Says the Meiri. Yeah. You should always, it's going to lead to all, all, uh, all kinds of uh, expenses. There's no way to do a giant renovation without basically emptying out the bank. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that, that that's proven to be true. Now, um, again, Lemire is pointing out that he's saying, in this case, he's highlighting this idea of prevention and you should have the right insurance and take your car in for the right thing. You should be on top of things in order to avoid the big expenses. Some people will procrastinate and not want to pay the uh, regular expenses, thinking that they're going to save money. In the end, it's going to cost you more. Okay. Now, furthermore, quotes Zvin Ara, you should always jump at the opportunity to buy land. Real estate is always a good investment. Masun Isiv Itasa. And for that, so, you know, the only analogy I'm uh, personally familiar with is in Monopoly, you should always buy, 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 buy at the beginning. That's always going to come back for you in a good way. And don't even think about it. However, when you're taking a wife, you should take it more seriously. Think about it a little bit more when you're in Shaduchim. Um, some people think, well, okay. The, you know the story about the Ger Hasid who, who spent four hours looking at the Esrug. And the, uh, and the Esrug salesman said, yeah, I don't understand. Your wife, you had a Bishow and you met her for 20 minutes. So he said, with the Esrug, I have to walk around in the street. Okay, ba-dum-bum. Here we go. So you go, um, you have to know the Ger Hasidic community in, in Eretz Israel to really appreciate that joke. Um, okay, Aviva Lerner was my, was my office ma- uh, manager for like 10 years. She was a Ger Hasid. She thought that was the funniest joke she ever heard. Uh, the Ger Hasidic ladies don't, 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 don't wear the pill hat. No. Nechis Darga Nesiv Issa. Go down a step to take a wife. That's an interesting life hack. In other words, let's say you marry, let's say you come from a, like a working class. Let's say your, your family owns like a trucking company. You better not marry, bar- <laughs> you don't want to bar- you don't want to marry like the queen of, uh, of Sheba because she's going to have all kinds of material demands of you. You see what I'm saying? You got to keep it, you got to keep, uh, you got to stay within your lane. So, or, or not over, kick your coverage or whatever. They have a lot of terms for this. You, you, you want to stay where you'll be able to live up to those expectations. Okay. And also, when that's, so when, when you're choosing a wife, you don't want to over, 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 uh, reach. When you're choosing a friend, ah, oh, then you, for that, you could overreach and step up because he's going to give you a lot of advice that's going to be, that's going to be worthwhile and is going to elevate you. Okay. 12 lines up, I think from the bottom. Going back now to how all the nations of the world are for Eretz Yisrael. This was the fifth statement over here. That anything that happens, right, it's going to be Bishvili Yisrael. Look at the first wide line in Rashi. Right, in other words, it happens in order, so for example, if there's a great misfortune, you see a tsunami uh, somewhere in the Far East, or whatever, famine, you should, you should take that to heart and realize this could happen anywhere at any time. And it's in order for Klal Yisrael to do tshuva. I limited nations and the towers were desolate. I destroyed their streets. The cities became ruins. This is in Tsefania. I don't know if you knew that there was something called Tsefania. And that is uh, relevant because it's, uh, he's admonishing us 
really, by explaining that he right, made uh, catastrophes elsewhere. You know, I'm capable of this. You don't want this, so therefore behave. Right? Uh, as the destruction is, is going on, I say, take Musr, literally Musr from this, right? And that's, that's intended for us. Ten lines up. Back to marriage. Here we go. This is where you're talking about you really got to uh, be zoichet with a good wife, otherwise it could be gehak tetzoros. Rav have a mifter Okay. Rav was once leaving Rebichia. And Amar lay, Rebichia said to him, Rachman al-Tzach mimidi dekasher mimosa. May Hashem spare you from that which is worse than death. What's worse? Mimidi kamidi dekasher mimosa. What's worse than death? Nafaktak v'ashkach. So Rav wanted to see what Rebichia meant. Rebichia was uh, kind of obtuse. He didn't tell him. He found the Pasuk in Kohelas. Well, Shlomo Melech says, I found something more bitter than death. What is that? A woman, not just Esaisha Vigomer, you have to read the whole Pasuk. A woman who, right, who snares you, right? The hearts are, are, like, uh, are like nets ensnaring you. In other words, when you, when you get a, a bad one, Right? You could fall into a terrible situation if it's in the wrong hands. Similarly, a story to that effect. Rav happens to be Rav himself. Okay, we're going to see the relationship between Rav and Rabbi and what's going on. Rav's wife used to aggravate him daily. And she was lahachis. He would say, make me lentils. She would make him chimtzi, which is not lentils at all. It's a, maybe it's peas, some other legun. Or chimtzi, it doesn't matter what it is. The point is, whatever you would ask, she would give him the opposite. This was an antagonistic relationship, Andrew. So we see, Chia was his son. Okay. So when Chia grew up, Chia uh, was smart. He would say the opposite. So in other words, he would be the messenger. Anyway, once already, you have to have a messenger, Barry. This is not a good uh, shown by situation. So, so he would tell his son, tell mom to make lentils. So mom makes the other beans. So Wachia well, was smart. He said, tell mom to make lentils. He told mom to make beans. And then she made lentils. Boom. Worked like a charm. So I'm LA. So Rav saw that he, he asked for lentils and he got lentils, he knew something was up. His wife would never have done that. He said, he didn't realize it right away. First he said, wow, look at this. See, your mother is, is finally, she's, she's warming up to me. Things are going well. He said, I gotta say, now, that was me. I reversed it. It's fascinating. Rav says to him, so, so we learn you can't live with him and you can't but, live without him. Okay, there you go. I guess you could sum up this uh, this part of the badaf. So th- there's a popular, a different popular saying that the child should, will educate you. In other words, this is like from my children more than anyone. Sometimes your kids need to be the ones to show you the way. So he says, you did a, a smart thing, but don't do that anymore. Atlo tavid hachi. Very clever, but don't, just knock it off because shenamar, limdu l'shonam dabe shakehavah. Yeah. It's deceitful. This pasuk in Yirmiyahu says we shouldn't be deceitful. So even though it's effective, it's deceitful. I think I saw that the article quoted the Yaakov saying that it's deceitful on Chia's behalf. But Rav, if he wants, he can ask for right. 
he can ask for lentils if he wants beans. And right, because that's not, there's no deceit in that. Anyway, uh, another uh, okay. Be that as it may, let's talk more about Chi and Rav. Town sounds like they were a father son team that had this bad shalom bias in common. So also, she had a, like father, like son. His wife was aggravated And yet, when you'd go to the market, this is romantic. When you find something in the market that he thinks his wife would like, he would put it in his, he, was, he would buy it for her. Beautiful, and bring it home. So sweet. So his dad said, but doesn't she nag you all day and cause you tsaros? So I'm like, Wow. Shevar Brachas Torah almost. But not really. It's good enough that they raise our children and, right, they sort of, they, um, right, save us from sin and therefore they do enough to warrant our Hakar Satov and for me to get her this thing. Okay. Make relay Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yitzchak Berei. Rabbi Yehuda read the following pasuk to son of Yitzchak. Right, so he's reading that pasuk from Kohelas that I found more bitter than death this woman that snares you. So Amalei Kigon Man, you know who's a good example of this? Kigon Yimcha, your mother. Oh my goodness. Okay, the Gemara says, wait a minute, is that true that Rabbi Yehuda's wife was such a different person? But Masni Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yitzchak Berei, you know, there's another occasion Rabbi Yehuda said to Rabbi Yitzchak. It sounds like they had a good relationship. And they were talking about mom a lot. That a man can find contentment only with his, his first wife. This is a like in Mishle that's going to be here. Right? You should be blessed and rejoice with your wife and your man, For example, who? Your mother. You can't say one was talking about his first, one was talking about his second wife. Because in both cases, he's talking about his mother. So if his mother, if the, if the second one's talking about his mother, so then that was the one that he was saying nice things about his mother. So which is it? Was his mother worse than the death or was she the great, greatest source of bracha? So mat kif tekifa. The Gemara is going to reconcile this and saying, yeah, this is how Rabbi Huda's wife was. She was really tough. She was a tough cookie. She would fly off the hangle, handle in a second. However, but she was also easily appeased. So she was the type that uh, blew hot and cold, but, uh, you know, but, but when, when it was bad, it was kind of rough. When it was good, it was great. Okay. The Ben Yod, I saw this quote here, has a whole explanation, a different explanation. Rashi says, blows hot and cold. At first line, it's great. Ben Yadok said, I saw that um, she actually worked on herself. In other words, she grew up, you know, a very angry, uh, hard-to-handle, hot-headed adolescent and really worked on her midos and became very, very sweet indeed. And that was a great source of uh, nachas and pride for Behuda. Be that as it may. Hechi dame ishara. Let's define what a bad woman is. Amar bayi. Mekash taka. She sets the table to serve a meal, puma, and then she sits him here, and in order to curse him until he eats, She sets the table and and then turns her back to him. What's going on here? Uh, so the mafarshim explain borderline personality disorder. Andrew, she you understand? In other words, she's giving him the the meal. Yeah, well, she didn't give him the meal. He just go elsewhere. Oh no no no. She's keeping him around so she could abuse him. That's messed up. 
That's truly bad. So she's feeding him just to keep him around to abuse him. That's terrible. Amar Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina. Okay. That's, that's really bad. That's really bad. Okay, here we go. Amar Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina. Kevin Shinasa Adam Isha. Avonasav Mispakakin. As soon as a person gets married, his sins are. Mispakakin is like a pakak, which is traffic or a plugged up. Shinar Matza Isha Matzatov. Vayafake. Right? The Lashon Yafake. Ritzon Mehashem. So it really means he gains favor from Hashem in Mishlei, but here it means, uh, in, in a way, it stamps up his uh, Averis. This is the practice of Eretz Yisrael. When a man would get married, So you'll remember this from Shevet Rachos. They asked him, Matzah or Motzah? Right? Well, those are the two psukim. Right? Matzah dichtiv, Matzah isha, Matzah tov. Right? If you found a woman, you found goodness. Motzah is the bad one. Right, the psukim that we already mentioned. Ah, so, so it says in Eretz Yisrael. Some say, what does this mean that they would ask him in Eretz Yisrael? Would they really ask him like, is this a good time to have this conversation at the wedding? He said, no. This is reflective of their attitude. They would take it very seriously because they know a good shidduch is a great thing. A bad shidduch is the worst thing. Amarava, Ishara, mitzvah lagasha. Rava points out that if you have an Ishara, it's a mitzvah to. To get divorced, because it says in Mishlei Garish Leitz Veitzim Madon Veishbostin Vekalom. In the in the context of Gerushin, right? Divorce, does divorce the scoffer, and then judgment and shame will 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 cease, right? Now, as Infarshim point out, this is obviously not a mitzvah on every person. This is only if she has like literally zero redeeming qualities, right? If it's really a bad idea. I saw, fascinatingly, that. Um, it's, see, right, so this is, Rava says that it's a mitzvah. The question is, did, did Rava actually perform this, uh, ever perform this mitzvah? Uh, so, so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, the, the art school went through, did the trouble of going through, uh, well, the Orach Laner says Rabbi Yehuda divorced his wife, the Yushami says Rabbi Yosef Glili did so as well. And it's possible that Rava, uh, if you look Carefully, at Brachos Nunvav, he may have actually performed this mitzvah twice. Anyway, right? That, that's a real, that's a real uh, conundrum. You have a woman that you kind of have to get rid of, unfortunately, but you can't afford to because you committed to a massive ksuva. That is bad. So, what's the, what is the uh, remedy for this? Yeah, Sarasa Bitsida. We know what a tzara is because we're learning Yavamas. Get a second wife. You know what's the best way to, to, to uh, get your wife in line? Get a backup quarterback, right? <laughs> you, get, you get a tzara, and now all of a sudden she's competing with somebody. Now she's got, a, she's got, you got checks and balances. That's, that's the, they have to fight for the, for the spot. Now she's going to, uh, you know, this is, this is not so... Um, uh, this is not so with our times, right? This is not culturally um, relevant to us. Rama uh, Rava, not not for for about a thousand years since the Cherem Rabbeinu Gershom. Okay, Rama Rava, Kasha Isha Rav Kiyom Sagrir. Bad woman is like a stormy day. Shenem Ardelaf Tareid Biyom Sagrir Veishin Midanim Nishtava. This is a pasuk in Mishlei. Annoying, dripping, and a contentious wife are like very similar. Rama Rava, Bore Kamatova Isha Tova. Oh, finally. The goodness of a wife. How good is... Oh. How good it could be and how bad it could be. As we've said. 
Because if the Pasuk literally refers to a wife, that's what I'm saying. If you found a wife, a good wife, then you found goodness. Why? Right? It's saying, it literally equates a good wife with goodness, all that is good. Or it could be referring that Tova is, is Torah, but even so, because after we know, right? So Tov could be referring to Torah, but even so, so whether a woman is equated with actual goodness in its purest form or the Torah, which is good, either way, you see that a good woman is the best thing on earth. Conversely, how bad is bad? And Kohela says, worse than death. If it's really saying, like pure badness, that's terrible, right? How unpleasant is it bad? Right? The Pasuk itself is saying it's so bitter. Or And after all, Marmi Mavis is talking about, right, the bitter Gehenim. Right? This is, whether it's comparing it to badness itself or the badness of Ganem, either way, not, um, not it's, it's bad. Okay. More a little bit with the bad. Right? Pasuk says in Yirmiyo, I'm going to bring you an evil that you're not going to be able to escape. That's the aforementioned case of Rava, of a bad woman with an exorbitant suba that you can't afford. You've got to stick it out. Or, here we go. Psukim from Eicha now. This is getting bad. Hashem delivered me into the hands. I can't endure this. I can't take it. But that's the case. Right? That's the case of the bad woman with the exorbitant suba that you can't get out. In Eretzisrael, It's a different thing. It's not talking about women at all. Means what? It means hand to mouth, says the Meiri. In other words, if you have no investments, Andrew, then you are hand to mouth, and then you can't move. It's like you're always stuck. You never know where your next meal is going to come from. That, that, so then that is, um, it doesn't free you up. It doesn't free you up to ever rest uh, or have menuchas okay. uh, so, so what's the Muslim today? Don't get married? No. The Mercer today, achas uh, It says you're not. We started today by saying without a woman, uh, right? Um, it's incomplete. The Mercer today, perhaps part of it is don't get married after one date. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Right? It has to be. If if you a good shidduch, it'll be the best thing in the world. Okay. Tar says your daughters will be given to other people. What's going on here? Uh, this is the this is first the statement from uh Saav. This is in Devarim. This is the Pasuk. It's we're talking now about like Tokacha now, right? Your children will be given to other people. So he says that's gonna be that is referring to a stepmother, right? Because after all, in other words, that would be a fulfillment of that klala. Because your children will end up having a stepmother, which is to say you would lose a mother, that's a terrible thing. Rahman Or Another thing, begoy naval achisem, right? This is again in the tochacha. It says, "I'm going to anger them with a terrible, vile nation." Same amora zuisharok So there it goes back to that theme of when there's a bad woman with an exorbitant suba you can't get out. That's what it means that I'm going to anger them. Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar Omer, It's not referring to a woman, but it's referring to the tzdukim. Bechenu Omer. This is the Pasuk in Tehillim. 
that says that he's going to say Enkelakim. But Masnisa Tana, and a third interpretation of the Pasuk, Elu Anshe Barbaria. This is where the word barbarians come from. The Anshe Martanai. These barbarians, Shemahalchen Arum Bishuk. Right? The worst thing you can have is this lack of Tznias that you sometimes see, where they're just walking around like naked in public. Nothing's more disgusting to Karsh than people walking around naked or half naked. They have no right sense of shame or dignity. They are what we call barbarians. And that Rabbi Yochanan Amar Elu Chabarim. And Rashi points out, Parsim, Rishayim, Vazim, Ve'enim, Akim, Kvodim, Shal Yisrael. Right, wicked people, they don't understand uh, what it means to, to have refinement or, or the uh, Eretz Yisrael, or, or uh, Kali Yisrael. Related incident, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Amr Rabbi Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Asu Chabre the Chabarim came to Babel, that's not a good thing. Shagad Nafal, when he heard this, he fell on the ground, he was upset, because that's bad. When these bad people, it's bad enough that they stay in their land, but when you start seeing them in Eretz Yisrael, you know you're in trouble. And by the way, they, they accept bribes. You can pay them off. And then the abolished their Gezeros. So Taritz Yasid, when he heard this, he straightened up. Gazra Shlosha. And then they told, so he felt better. But then they told him, wait, they had the following Gezeros. Three Gezeros. Shlosha. So Yochanan said, you know what? Nothing happens for no reason. This is the Gerano Tzmissar moment. Anything that happens, happens and sometimes it happens because we deserve it. You have to look to see why something bad happened to you. So, for example, Gazru al Basr, they made a decree that you're not allowed to eat kosher meat. Why? That was because we didn't give enough of the matnos kahuna. So, that was the mida kadegad mida. Gazru al Merchatzos, they decreed that you can't have any bathhouses. We were not careful enough in right family purity in the mikvah. And finally, told, told them. They are digging up the dead bodies. Unbelievable. Why? That's because we celebrated Kritzmach. Right? We, we were celebrating all these other Geisha holidays. And so we celebrated when we weren't supposed to celebrate. So guess what? We now have to do Avelis because we have these um, exhumed dead bodies. Right? That's what said Shmuel. This was it. They dug it up, exhumed Amar because of the sins of those who are alive, the dead are exhumed. So Amalei Rabbi Rabbi Barmari Ksiv lo yasvu li kavu l'dom al pnei says it in Yirmiyahu Ksiv v'nivchar mavas mechaim right, that gather together they're going to be buried and they're going to be strewn chalila like dung on the earth. So Amalei, so Rabbi Barmari answered him nivchar mavas l'arshayim sh'loichiu b'lamazev yechtu v'yiplu b'ka'anam right, death is preferred for the wicked because this way they don't continue to live in the world and sin and fall into Gehenim, which Rashi explains. It's not that they ask for it, but we know that it's better for them. So we'll continue tomorrow, two lines up, from the wide lines, on Samach Gimel, Ahmed Bezir, Zat Hashem.